Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are recapping Walt Disney World's Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings Bridal Showcase 2019, which was held this past weekend at the Yacht and Beach Club Convention Center. You can also find a complete detailed written recap of the event on my site, fairytaleweddingsguide.com, where I have a million bazillion photos of all the different centerpieces, all the decor, all the cakes, all the venues, everything. So if you want to get an in-depth overview of what the 2019 Bridal Showcase at Walt Disney World was like, check out fairytaleweddingsguide.com. My guest today is Jennifer Schoner, who had a Disney's fairy tale wedding. And together, we are going to talk about whether this showcase could be something that would be helpful for you when you are planning from the perspective of two people who have already had their Disney weddings and can look back and see what it would have been nice to know and maybe learn from a showcase like this when we were planning. So, welcome, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Can we start and have you tell my listeners a little bit about your Disney wedding? My wedding occurred in May of 2016 on a Friday. We chose Canada Terrace for our location, and we planned our wedding in about six months. If you can believe it's possible, you can do it. (laughs) We had a pretty basic package. We added flowers to our aisle and we had the extra photographer to get both mine and my husband's reactions throughout the ceremony and the shoot afterwards and of course those candid shots that you never ever think about you may or may not get interesting and then so you had an escape event we did we had an escape wedding what did you guys do after the wedding did you have a meal or anything After the ceremony, you have the standard cake cutting, the first dance, and the champagne photos with those that are at your wedding. Our family went to the attic while we had our individual photos, and then we met our family at the attic and had our reception there like you did. (laughs) I love that place. We're going to talk about the attic a little more later on in the show. Well, Jennifer, this is great because I have this theory that escape couples could really benefit from the showcase because they don't get a lot of hand-holding and they they don't get to do an in-person planning session. So maybe you can speak to that as we go through talking about the showcase and whether you think that that would have been helpful for you. Absolutely. I really do feel that this would have been amazing to have all of these hands-on activities that as an escape you don't get. You don't get the planning session, the tasting of the food, the seeing of the locations or the flowers, you you do it through a computer screen and being hands-on would have been super awesome and helpful for us. Okay, great. That's great to hear. So when you were getting ready to attend this year's showcase, what were you most looking forward to? I think it was what has Disney updated in the past couple of years? I got married in 16. There are things that are always evolving, changing, Do they have new photographers? Have they updated their floral? Do the locations still look the same or have they undergone renovations? That's always interesting as a bride to see, I saw this place a couple years ago. Does it still give me that that spark, that enjoyment now? Interesting. That's a good point. I mean, and case in point was the ballroom they used for the showcase, which is practically brand new, the Newport Ballroom, which was added to the Yacht Club Convention Center. Exactly. And aerials and other locations have undergone renovations in this time frame. And so for new brides, it's, it's, a, it's a new location, a new updated facility. Right. Yeah. And might not look the same as the pictures they've seen. Right. 
Okay, great. So I'm just going to do a little overview for listeners of what was on offer at this showcase. They did it a little bit different this year. They still had what I call the expo, which is the actual showcase in a big convention center ballroom. And in there they have vendors. They have usually a photo booth. They offer tastes of the food and tastes of the cake and a lot of display cakes to look at. And then this year, their extra activity was a venue tour of the different ceremony and reception venues around Crescent Lake. And I thought this was a fantastic addition because for me, it's always helpful to be able to see a location set up for a wedding, especially if it doesn't have any people in it. (laughs) So this was a really cool thing that they added this year. What they didn't have this year, obviously no appearance by David Tutera. They didn't have any of the breakout sessions that they had in previous years, which I always thought were really helpful because not only did they give couples a chance to ask questions, but they addressed up front a lot of general questions so they could just knock out a lot of the basic questions with what they were talking about, like how to plan your menu or floral and decor. So I was a little bit bummed that they didn't have those this year, but it sounds like the venue tour was the new idea, and I think it was really successful. Agreed. The venue tour, oh my gosh, I thought it was a great opportunity for Disney to show other locations that haven't been getting the volume or the interest unless you know that it's there, unless you see it in someone else's wedding or you see the pictures online or unless they're in your book. You don't know these little hidden niches are over there near the boardwalk and Dotton Beach Club. And so I think this year really hit it out of the park for that. Yeah, I agree. And there were so many beautiful spaces clustered in that one area that it was a great idea to have all of them open. To your point, one example is the Yacht Club Marina, which I think is very hard to visualize as a location because it's basically just a wide spot in the path. And you think, you know, all these people are going to be around. How could I possibly have a reception here? So when you can see the way the tables are set up and how far they are from the path, it gives you a great idea of what a reception would be like. The other one I thought was really valuable was the poolside green at Boardwalk Inn, which I have not seen. I think I interviewed one person who had her ceremony there, but I wonder if it's not as popular because it is cheek by jowl with the pool. Like the fence of the pool and the pool are right there off to your left as you're facing the altar. However, When they had it set up and they had a table there so you could see what a reception would look like and they had a wonderful floral arch and the chairs set up for a ceremony, it's gorgeous. And if you can just kind of stand a certain way when you take your pictures so you don't see the pool, it's really a lovely location. It is. I did not get the chance to go and see the poolside location. One of the other negatives I kind of found with that location is it's so far from the main lobby at the boardwalk. And there's only one way in or out. You can't go around another building to get to the boardwalk where like the Seabreeze Point is or where the main walkway is. So to me, that was kind of a negative with the poolside. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's funny because Disney is always talking about how far the attic is from the main lobby at the boardwalk. And I think that Poolside Green gives it a run for its money because it is out there. And the way the boardwalk is set up, you can't connect directly between the villa's side and the hotel side anywhere but on the main lobby level, which I found out the hard way when I ran into a dead end. So (laughs) I think that you're definitely going to need event guides if you have your event at either of those spaces. But I loved being able to get into the attic again because it's usually locked. And I hadn't seen it since our first anniversary when we had a little thing there. So it was really nice just to be able to go up there and see that amazing view and the shiny floors that I loved so much. And it was really neat to have that opportunity. Yes, the attic is one place. Now, we had not seen any of our locations. We had been to Canada Terrace before and seen that on a a family trip a year or two before our wedding. But we went through the attic and plucked it out of Disney's options based on pictures alone. So when we walked in at our reception, that was the first time we saw it. And we loved it. It was just perfect. That's fantastic. I'm so glad it wasn't like a letdown. (laughs) Yes. 
And then let's see, the other locations they had, they had Atlantic Dance Hall open. They had Seabreeze Point all decorated, which was just lovely. They had Aerials open, which is the location inside the Beach Club just beyond Cape May Cafe. They had the Yacht Club gazebo open where you can have a ceremony. And that's a good one to check, too, because sometimes people are a little worried about how surrounded it is by hotel rooms. So having the opportunity to go there, see what a ceremony setup looks like, and see whether it really is that big a deal, that's great to see that in person. Yes, absolutely. That was one of the options over at the Yacht Club gazebo. And it was nice to see it set up, but you are Depending on the time of day, it can be a positive or a negative. Are people out and about in their hotel rooms or are they, you know, still sleeping if you have an early morning ceremony and they're just getting woken up to lovely violins that morning? (laughs) (laughs) So I would say overall, for me, the venue tour was a win. It was a great addition. And I feel like I hope it's something that they continue to have, even if they add other features to future bridal showcases. The one thing I did notice was I kept being stopped by people, because apparently I looked like a cast member, who were asking me how to get to the venues. So Disney did have a map in the mobile site for the showcase, and they sent a little email that showed you how to add the shortcut to your mobile device. But I think a lot of people didn't know about the app, I guess, or they weren't using it. And there was no paper map in their bag, I guess. So maybe a paper map next time would be helpful for those who aren't using the app. Correct. I think a paper map would have been the next step for Disney for people that one thing I noticed was I was there with a group of people. And if one person did the whole reservation for the group, only that one person got the email, not the whole group, not individual emails. Ah. You didn't get the individual email. You didn't know unless you knew where the locations were around Crescent Lake, that this is where the Seabreeze Point is, this is where Ariel's is, this is how you get to Yacht Club. So I think that would be helpful for next time, not just the individual person that does the reservation, but for everybody in that group. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I do want to talk about the app for a second because I keep calling it the app. It's it's a mobile web page, but they make it like an app where you can click on a shortcut and be taken directly to it. I thought it was a great idea, and I don't think they've done it before. I didn't even notice some of the features that it had until afterwards there was a notification section at the bottom, which you could push and they would say things like, uh, we've moved the space for registration or, you know, check out such and so we're having a deal on this. And so that was a great idea. I love that they had the map for the venue tour. They had just your basic information about where the showcase was being held and they had an FAQ. So I feel like that's something that they could definitely keep and would be really helpful in the future. It just maybe they need to advertise it more so that people are aware of it. Right. I think that's definitely a plus for them for next year's. So then the expo side, the showcase side, was held, as I say, in the Newport Ballroom. And Jennifer, I don't know what time you got there and what your experience was, but I thought, oh, I'll wait till about 2.30 and let the crowds die down. No, there were crowds until about two hours before the thing was over, and it was packed. There were lines, especially for the food and the cake, that stretched so far that they would bump into other lines for other food stations. So that was a little bit, I mean, it's great. Obviously, you're going to get lines. They sold out. But I think that if you are crowd averse like I am, it can be a good idea to go in, say, the last two hours hours of the event. Exactly. My group showed up about an hour beforehand because we knew that it was sold out, because we knew that there would be the possibility of having lots of people there. And exactly, I saw the long lines for food, for meeting with the consultants, for cake tasting, and you didn't really know where one line ended and one line began, but it was quite an event with having that many people in such a small space. And I think as people realized you could go and do the venue tours, that's when it started to like thin out. So your experience was that even getting there an hour early, it was still very crowded right when it opened. Absolutely, yes. Okay, interesting. So let's take a look at some of the things that they offered inside the bridal showcase. In the middle, they had, it was cool for me because I'm a nerd, they had pipe and drapes set up in a kind of X configuration. And then in each of the four corners, they had a different food station. And what I thought was cool was that 
each corner also had a different type of pipe and drape. So if that is something you're considering, especially for like a ballroom wedding, you could see the different ways that they could swag it, the different ways they could do multiple colors. So I was geeking out about the pipe and drape, but (laughs) below it, they had chefs at a station serving little bites. And then each section also had one display cake, which I thought was cool. So that the whole section was kind of themed to the table decor because they would have a table set up not to sit at. It was funny. In past showcases, I've seen people just pull out those chairs and sit down and eat their food, but nobody was touching them this time. It's like they knew they were too fancy to be sat at. (laughs) (laughs) I did like the food offerings were unique to kind of give you, you know, a little bit of the tip of the iceberg of what Disney can offer you. And I did like the draping that it gives you, okay, you have the ballroom option. It gives you that chance to say, okay, if I need to add more decor, Here's four options. I don't know how many options they do have, but it gives you a little bit of interest in what the what you could possibly do. The cakes were amazing. Oh my gosh, there were so many throughout the entire ballroom. Yeah, that's a good point. In past years, they've kept all the cakes at one table near the cake samples. And this year, they spread them out around the ballroom, which I think was great. And maybe it helped with the bottleneck. I don't know. The cake samples were so popular that there was a bottleneck there even toward the end of the showcase. <laughs> Yes, like they kept bringing more and more trays out. I'm not sure how many more trays they had in the back, but it was like constant turnover of bringing more cake trays out. (laughs) Now, one thing I did find was I feel like Disney likes to show off how fancy they can make the food, and that's awesome. But if you have four different food stations, I would have liked to have seen food offerings that were their most popular. For example, at least in the Facebook brides groups, the cheeseburger spring rolls are a thing of legend. Like people are constantly recommending them. Oh, it's the best appetizer I've ever had. So something like that, if they had those at one station, like these are our most popular things, because maybe people have heard about them, especially if they're a member of a group on social media, then they would get to actually try them and understand why they're the most popular. Exactly. I definitely feel that that is something that Disney missed the mark on this year. I had not been to any of their previous showcases, but being in one of those social media groups, there are certain things that they're known for, that these are their, you know, you aim to have this at your wedding because everybody in the group raves about it. And to me, it was, they're trying to be top notch. Not everybody that goes through Disney's wedding is able to spend that absorbent amount of money. A lot of people are those general Janes and Johns that, you know, they want their their comfort foods. And I feel like Disney missed the mark with that this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Comfort food is really popular at Disney, and I think Disney does it really well. So it would have yes. been neat to see that. With the cakes, it was interesting to see the tilt towards sophistication. It's sort of like how at the Oscars, people used to look absolutely horrific because they would just dress themselves and Bjork showed up in a swan dress. And and then everybody in Hollywood got stylists and now everybody looks the same. I felt like the cakes at the showcase, they were all so classy that there weren't any real whimsical or Disney signature ones. Like in the past, they've had some amazing Alice in Wonderland cakes. They had one that was, it was very classy. It was all white, but it was Lady and the Tramp. And when you looked closely, you saw that it was the buildings on the city streets. And And then I think the top was like a tablecloth from their spaghetti meal. And so I was sort of missing, you know, maybe one cake that was whimsical and really screamed Disney. Right. I did feel while they had all the physical cakes around the room and near where the cake station was, they did have those large binders or the large posters. I guess you could hang them on a wall somewhere. On the easels, they had them that had different cakes from past years that they had done for previous brides and grooms that you could see some of them, but there was that flip book as well that had different cakes that they had done. And, you know, I love that flip book, not just because my anniversary cake ended up in it, but that flip book is lovingly maintained by the Grand Floridian pastry team. And I feel like all Disney has to do is slap the prices on those and they could use that as a new 
sample document that they could send to brides and grooms. They used to have a PDF that was also put together by one of the pastry chefs that was all of the standard cakes that most brides and grooms asked for, and it had the prices in a separate list. So even if you don't want the bridge to happiness cake or whatever, you can look at a picture of it, you can see that it's $1,200, and you can understand, okay, if I want something that elaborate, it's going to cost that much. So I feel like they've got a great start with that book if they could just put it together with some prices and then send that to brides and grooms, I think that would help them manage their expectations and maybe help them even decide what cake style they want because it's so custom. Like the sky is the limit with Disney that for some people, they need more direction. They want to pick from a list because there have been some amazing classic Disney cakes over the years that plenty of people were happy to have. And it would be neat to see that stock or core selection of these cakes, at least as a starting point. Exactly. I definitely feel that they were aiming more towards the the wishes brides and we're kind of missing the the mark with the escape brides being from the escape bride community i didn't see any of the smaller tier cakes or the more basic cakes yes disney does flamboyance to the tens but if you're there looking for that okay this is a picture of it but what does it look like in person like what's the size dimension how big are the flowers or what is the the topsy-turvy cake look like in person. You miss that with this last showcase. That is a really good point because you're right. At past showcases, they had samples of all the different standard escape cake styles. And it was so helpful, like you say, to see them in person. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that I've heard this rumor that they're going to be coming out with new escape cake styles. So maybe they weren't ready yet. But you're right. If they just had those on display, because they're so beautiful, there's no reason a wishes couple wouldn't want one of those cakes. And it's great to see them in person. Hmm. Okay, so my vote is to bring those back. The other elephant in the room was that they didn't have the projection cake. And I didn't even notice until people, I started talking to people and they were like, where was the projection cake? Why didn't we get to see the projection cake? And all I can think is that maybe like the carriage, which was also not there, somebody had it for their wedding that day and so they weren't able to bring it in. Right. I did notice that the carriage was missing, the projection cake was missing, but also I didn't really see I had looked at the Instagram photos from Disneyland's showcase last week, and I didn't see any of the projections at this ballroom either. Maybe I had missed them, but I know that that is one thing that certain groups in the social media world enjoy seeing those projections on the wall for the ballrooms. Oh, yeah, like the gobos that the DJ package comes with, like the carriage or their initials or whatever? Yes, interesting. Yeah, they didn't have a DJ this year either. It's hard because we've been to so many of these that we know what we're missing. That's true. In the past, they've had a DJ, which frankly, as someone who's not crazy about noise, I didn't miss too much. But it was a fun way to see what it's like to have a DJ, you know, make requests. They get the crowd hyped up. And I wonder if that's why they didn't have the gobos because they didn't have a DJ set up. Quite possible. But I don't mean to completely complain about the cake because I love the fact that they had a bunch of different new flavor combinations for the cake to try. And the way they decanted them, so to speak, this year was really great because instead of just being like a little cup that you eat with a spoon just to taste the filling, it was a piece of cake, had a squiggle of the filling on top so you could taste them how they would taste together. So that was fun to see all the different new flavor combinations. Right. It was like a deconstructed cake bite. And that was really cute. And the, the combinations were definitely different than what I've seen in past years. Yeah, that was great. I Then I went online and I saw a picture of the pink and blue cotton candy cake from Disneyland. I was like, what? They got entire pieces of cake? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Disneyland is smaller. Maybe Disney World can't afford to feed us all entire pieces of cake. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> So, so that was cool. And then the other thing was at each food station, they had a table set up with a different theme. I thought they were themed to different Disney couples because there was one that was named after the two characters in The Fox and the Hound and one that was named after, uh, was it Esmeralda and what's his face? But then the other two seemed to have different. Quasimodo? Or was it the blonde guy in the movie? Oh, I've only seen that movie once. 
<laughs> anyway, um, but they were beautiful, of course. I love that you could see the different chair styles. Like they have way more chair styles than just shivari chairs and like bamboo folding chairs. So that was cool. I also thought it was cute that the place cards and menus that they put on all the different tables were the names were names of planners, which was great. I liked that touch. So it was really neat. I took a bazillion photos. The floral was just amazing. I especially loved the really colorful one. And I think that's a great way because, again, like cakes, they don't really have a book of what you can do for floral and decor. It's sort of, what do you want? And a lot of people say to me, is there a list of floral and decor items and their prices? There is not. So at least this was a way for you to get some ideas that you can then go to them and say, what are the prices for these ideas? But I remember years ago at one of the earlier showcases, they actually had a list on every table of the price of everything on the table. So it was like chargers cost $10, napkins cost $3. And it was awesome because it really helped you get an idea of what you're going to be spending if you want a table that elaborate. Right, exactly. I loved how they decorated the ballroom, like they decorated each table, but then they also took those elements to each of the, the seven locations. You saw the chairs in their element at the wedding spots or at the, like at Atlanta dance hall, you saw them out where they would be for your ceremony or your reception, put it in its element. That's a great point. Yeah, it was almost like a bonus floral and decor exhibition. So not only were you seeing, okay, this is what a table and chairs would look like here on the marina, but you're seeing, oh, here's an idea of a beachy seagrass and sand centerpiece that I could use. So yeah, it was like a little extra bonus that you were getting to see even more floral and decor. Right, exactly. And then around the perimeter of the ballroom, they had vendors, which, you know, a lot of them were actually divisions of Disney. I would say most of them were. And this was a great opportunity to go find out what other services are available. My favorite thing and what I think they really hit out of the park was they had two whole stations, one on either side of the ballroom, filled with Disney planners who you could wait to talk to. Now, I heard some complaints about the system for like getting on the list and having to wait too long while people just chattered away. But I think in general, it was full court press. They were all there. You were guaranteed you were going to get to talk to somebody and you can ask them questions that often when you call and you get that first person who answers the phone, who's not a sales consultant or a planner, you can't get any answers. So I feel like this would be super valuable, especially Jennifer, like you're saying, if you're an escape couple to be able to talk to somebody maybe before you're allowed to reach the contract stage. Yes, definitely. I felt that that was such an awesome bonus step for Disney with this weekend because you're sitting on your hands. And when you don't get the chance to talk to your your day of consultant or the person that's going to help you figure all of the, the bits and pieces out for your wedding, I felt that it was definitely a, a good point to put a name to the face because most of the time it's through the telephone or you don't get the chance to Skype with them. And consultants are in and out of the office all day long. If they're not at their desk, they're at a wedding. We know that Disney does weddings 365 all year long. So to be able to pull them that weren't out and about to chat with them, to ask them questions that normally you're because they're busy because they're out and about, it can take a couple of days to get back for them, you get your answers immediately answered. Yeah. And it sounded like from some of the people I talked to that you are already beginning to form a relationship with that person. People would say, oh, I got so-and-so's email and he's already sent me, you know, these uh, venue fact sheets or whatever they were interested in. So I feel like that's probably one of the most valuable aspects of all of these showcases is the opportunity to talk to a planner. Now, some people suggested maybe they should let you make an appointment in advance and maybe there's a way they could do like half appointments, half walk up. But I do think it's a great idea idea and I hope they continue to do that. Yes, definitely. I hope for next year they continue that as well. Now, the other stations that they had inside the showcase, they had this really cool digital photo booth where Mickey or Minnie was there. Some A character was there at all times. And you could get your photo taken with them in front of a backdrop that would be super digitally superimposed in later. I was really impressed seeing the final result, how well it was superimposed. Like you couldn't see edges around the people or anything. One thing that somebody pointed out to me was that they weren't quite positioning people right. So like Minnie would be completely blocking the castle or they'd have you like completely blocking the tower and Minnie was half blocking the 
castle or whatever. So it seems like something if you were going to do it for your wedding, you'd want to make sure there were maybe tape marks on the ground, like stand here so that the photo looks really good. But I was impressed with the quality of those. I had seen that. I had not gotten the opportunity to look at that. But I almost wonder if they shouldn't do like a test shot or two to be like, okay, if you're standing here, are you getting a good shot of the castle? And if you need to move over a little bit, do it that way. And then and then put the tape marks on and go, okay, we're good. Right. And maybe at a real wedding, they have time to do that. But the line was so long. I'm sure they were just like cycling people through as quickly as they could. Definitely. I was wondering, and maybe I had missed it. Did you see if there was a binder with all of the different outfits for Minnie and Mickey, or if there was a binder with all of the characters available for Disney weddings. No, is that something they've done in the past? They haven't, but being in one of the groups that I'm in, we know that there are several different outfit options that are available for Mickey and Minnie based on if you have a certain theme or a certain color style for your wedding. And so I didn't know if they would share that with us or if that was something that they kept close to the vest that they would if you want to go down that route we'll feed you a little bits at a time yeah it's interesting you say that because that does seem to be the general practice you kind of have to know that you can ask for other outfits for the characters and then so many times I see in the groups that people are like and I asked them what was available and they sent me three pictures and that was it but then if you say hey I want Mickey's you know springtime outfit from 2017 if they still have it you know, they can try to get it for you. So maybe it's something where it changes so much that they don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, And that's why they don't have a book. But man, it sure would be great if they did. Right. I do remember one of your past podcasts of the one couple that had many different characters. It just surprised me they don't have that list out and available either. But I guess maybe cost changes every year for them, maybe. Yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, that would be really cool to see in the future. And of course, it would be really great if they had a PDF that they could send to couples when they were planning. What else did they have? They had a station set up for Disney Fine Art Photography. And that's always cool because you can see the albums and the prints and things in person. I see a lot of questions about, you know, what's the difference between the Jasmine album and the Brilliance album or whatever. So this was a great opportunity to go over and see and touch those albums and see how they're laid out and the different types of layouts that they offer. So I always think that's a really good idea to have those. I did like having the albums there. I also liked having some of the actual Disney fine art photographers there and say, I did this album or I did this poster or this wraparound and they could see what their artwork is like. So they know later on down the line, I could ask for this photographer that they are my style. A lot of brides, I did not know that until after our wedding was completed, that that is a thing that you can do. And I don't know if Disney doesn't advertise that or they do advertise it just subtly. Yeah, that's a great point because they have started to put together Pinterest boards for each individual photographer. But yeah, to be able to see them and even talk to them, you can maybe talk to them about their shooting style and what they like to do. And and so that's a really good point that that's a wonderful opportunity at the showcase to meet them because often, like you say, especially people who don't know that you can request a certain photographer, Disney can't guarantee that photographer, but you can request it. Often you don't meet them until the day of your event. So this was another great opportunity to kind of suss things out in advance. Right. Now, across from them, they had a a display, which I thought was great, which was Disney floral and gifts. So something that maybe a lot of people don't know is that the Disney florist who does weddings, they also provide floral arrangements and gift baskets on property. And so this was a great opportunity to see, you know, they would have the type of bouquet or floral arrangement and how much it costs. So, you know, here's our $200 grand flower explosion that you can get for your room, or here's the lover's gift basket that has bathrobes and fake candles and stuff in it. So it was neat to see they had sort of set them all out. They also had a really neat display by Keepsake Floral, which is their Disney partner who will, for a lot of money, preserve your bouquet after your wedding. And they had some neat options besides just the standard dried bouquet in a frame. They had some neat things like a shadow box. It was sort of a glass shadow box that had a photo in the back, and then it had some flowers from the bouquet in the front. And it was neat to see some of their different options in person. Yes, definitely. I utilize them, actually. I had come down for a wedding several years ago, 
and was unsure what to get the bride and groom. And so one of the other girls that I was at the wedding with, we went in and got the bride and groom some wine glasses, some wine, some goodies to go back to the room. That way that night after the wedding, if they hadn't eaten all day, because wedding day, you're just, you don't focus on food. They had something to snack on and they were able to have a keepsake to go home with them. So that's awesome that Disney had those options at the showcase. That's great. Yeah, definitely. They also had a booth for another outside vendor they partner with, Impressions Themes Come True. And I've actually interviewed the owner, Shelly, on this podcast. You can look up the episode. Maybe I can put a link in the post for this episode to talk to her about the invitations that she creates. She's one of the only authorized vendors who can use Disney iconography and imagery on wedding invitations. She also creates for Disney the white chocolate castles that you see on top of so many Disney wedding cakes. So it was neat to see her there. And I was chatting with her and she was talking about how nice it is for people to be able to see the work in person, because often it's another case where they say, you know, I want to check a box. Where's a list of what you can offer me? And she likes to work personally. You know, it's a bespoke service where she will give you exactly what you want and you can, the sky is the limit. So it was great at the showcase. And it seemed like her booth was busy the whole time to be able to see samples, but also talk to her about what was possible for your own customization. Yes, I loved her booth. She had so many different options from the the castles with the lights in it to the mickey mouse ears to the different characters that you can put on your wedding or even birthday cakes later after the fact if that's her but she does a wonderful job right and then outside the showcase they had some fun sort of personal care vendors they had senses spa which is at the grand floridian Actually, I guess it's the whole network of spas on Disney property, but they had some representatives there giving free massages. They had some people from Mac at Disney Springs doing makeovers. I thought that was interesting because in the past, they've actually hired some of the vendors who are on their approved cosmetology list to do this, which I feel like is more valuable because I don't think many brides and grooms are going to be going down to Mac at Disney Springs on their wedding morning to get their makeup done, whereas the vendors who come to your room are super convenient, and it would be neat to meet them and work with them. That surprised me as well. I You walk in and you see Mac, and I was kind of like, knowing who some of the vendors are, not seeing them there was just different. Right, right, yeah. So that was an interesting choice. One thing I loved outside roaming the halls were musicians. And often they would sit in a trio or a quartet and they would play, they would take requests. And I thought this was a fabulous opportunity because you see so many people saying, I don't know if I want just a solo violin. I have particular songs I want. I don't know what they're going to sound like. And you could actually go up to Robert Kerr, who is one of their most famous Disney violinist and who has also been on my show you should listen to his episode he's fabulous and he can take requests on the spot and he can show you exactly what it's going to sound like to hear for example somebody in one of the groups ask for enter sandman by metallica and he played it like a madman so (laughs) i think it was a really great opportunity a great idea they also roamed the showcase floor i noticed a guitarist and also rob i think on the violin serenading couples with different songs the other roaming entertainment they had was a guy who was kind of creepily doing secret sketches of people and I think for most people they were like he when he finally walked up to them and handed them a sketch that he'd been doing for the last 10 minutes they were like surprised and pleased but it was funny to see him sort of lurking in the shadows and staring at a girl and then drawing and lurking and (laughs) (laughs) I miss the caricature artist but I did run into the guitarist and the quartet they were lovely I love that they were able to on a whim go, okay, let me do this song. Or I've heard that if they don't know the song, they will get the sheet music to learn it for you for your ceremony or your reception. For sure. Yeah. They're all so talented and, and it's just great to have music at an event, you know, and you know, maybe something different than having a DJ. So maybe that was the trade-off there. They also had a boutique for the first time selling Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings branded merchandise, which seems extremely popular, and they're probably wondering why they didn't do it sooner. <laughs> right, definitely. And then there's a rumor that some of it will be available later, so if you're interested in that, I would keep an eye on Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings social media because I am sure they will announce it. Yes. Oh my gosh. There were so many options there, but just depends what was in your niche. 
Yes, yeah. So they also had a booth for Disney's fairy tale honeymoons. And I've always thought that was kind of silly because it's not like they actually have a honeymoon package. I've seen a lot of people say, you know, is there a honeymoon package? I called the number and they couldn't give me anything. All they said was that I could buy magic bands if I signed up for this dessert party. But I was talking to a travel agent and what she pointed out was that everybody's travel needs are so different that it would be almost impossible for them to put together a package that would be one size fits all for all honeymooners. So That makes sense. And so this booth was a great opportunity to look at these special magic bands that you get if you sign up. And actually, Jennifer, are you a travel agent? You want to talk about this? (laughs) Sure. The package requires a two-night stay on Disney property. I believe it's with tickets. There's two different options. There's the honeymoon package and there's the romance package. Um, They come with two magic bands the luggage tags, and then you get to go to the Happily Ever After dessert party at Magic Kingdom. You can book it at 180 days like you would any other dining option. And it seemed like it was a great deal that you got these special magic bands that had the wedding ring or different decorations that were related to weddings or different specialty options on the magic bands related to the parks for the romance package. And it was just, it's a great thing to add and be a little extra unique with your trip. Okay, so you feel like it's a good value. Is it a good value if you would otherwise be booking a room only? Like, should you drop a room only and purchase an actual package just so you can get these? Um, I'm unsure. <laughs> Outlook hazy. <laughs> I yeah. guess it depends on your situation and, and what, because I've seen some people are nuts for those magic bands. So if you're an, absolutely in love with them and you have to have them, then there's your answer. <laughs> right. The other thing that they had at this year's showcase was an opportunity to pay a bit extra and go to a dessert party inside Epcot for Illuminations. And I think they've offered this in the past, and I think it is a fabulous idea because I love dessert parties. And honestly, after you've had your wedding, it's very expensive to have another dessert party. So any opportunity you, dear listener, have to go to a dessert party where you're only paying a small per person fee, take it. So they had a private dessert party on Italy Asola in Epcot, which has one of the best views of the Illumination fireworks. And they had a few desserts there. And we all got to experience what it would be like to add a dessert party as a welcome party or an evening event on the night of the wedding or vow renewal. Jennifer, what did you think of the dessert party? I enjoyed the location of this dessert party. I felt like it was a little bit far away, not realizing for many guests how to get to Italy Isola from international gateway with quite a walk and if you have people in in wheelchairs or that need scooters it's quite a bit of a a stretch but the food i felt was very unique for our location it had the very large double-tiered cupcakes (laughs) that you could feed a small family with um the ice cream sandwich with cookies option was a delicious addition i saw it Yeah, those cupcakes were hilariously huge. Like, I am a huge cake fiend, and even I was sort of taken aback by these cupcakes. They were like a giant oversized cupcake, bigger than even a muffin, and then they had a mini cupcake on top, and then they were decorated in three different styles with, like, pearls, and one had Mickey ear hat, and one had flowers, and they were beautiful, but, like, I think they were a little too much cake. I did think that the flambéed waffles was definitely a unique touch. I had never seen those before. I had seen the donuts flambe, but I'd never seen the the multicolored waffles or the cookies and cream waffles flambe. That was an interesting touch to the event. Yeah, it's always fun when they add in those unique action stations because it seems like those go in waves of popularity. And it's fun when they create a new one and then you get to see it in person. Some of the desserts, they didn't have a huge variety besides the ginormous cupcakes. They had little samples of the um, grapefruit cake that they serve at the Brown Derby, which is, I guess, popular. It seems like an acquired taste. And then they had some sort of Dole Whip-inspired mini dessert. And I noticed that the people at my table, when they were asked by Disney, you know, what did you think of the desserts? They said, there was no chocolate. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was no just like a brownie or a chocolate mousse cup or something like that. So it was interesting to kind of get an idea of, okay, these are the fancy ones. And then they have the action stations. And then they have these Mondo ginormous cupcakes. But I kind of loved the cupcakes because they were so goofy like they were so huge (laughs) yes i did notice the lack of chocolate as well like even if you had like 
fresh fruit or uh, bits of cake and then like a fondue station. You miss the chocolate niche with people. Right. That's interesting. Okay. But fortunately, the view of Illuminations is outstanding and there were chairs for almost everybody, which was nice. So you got to just enjoy watching the show in comfort and stuffing your face with food that you didn't pay for. Oh, wait, I guess you did pay for it because you bought, bought a ticket. <laughs> and <laughs> But I think like for some of the people at our table, they didn't even know a dessert party was a thing you could do. So to them, it was this fabulous awakening. And then we started telling them about ride mix-ins and they were like, what? So I think it was a great way to introduce that concept to people who were unfamiliar. Yes. I did notice they had two different options at our dessert party location. They had the seats over in where the dessert tables were, but they also had high tops without chairs over near where the fountain was. Ah, so not everybody got a seat. (laughs) But it just gives a good variety of options that you can see what's available for Disney locations. Yes, that's a good point. So Jennifer, out of all of this, what would you say was your favorite part of the Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings Showcase at Walt Disney World? For me personally, it was being able to go back as a previous bride and knowing that your consultant still remembers you, that your photographer still remembers you years later. As a bride, as a groom, as a wedding party, you make an impact. Yes, they do groups all year long, but they still, those little moments count. I definitely hope for that with other brides and grooms with Disney, if they get to go back and see it years later. That's wonderful. Oh, what a wonderful thing to point out. Yeah. There is that kind of family feeling and that's kind of points to the fact that Disney does have a level of service that you probably won't find someplace else. Correct. And that's what I loved about going back years later and seeing them and knowing that hopefully future brides are in good hands, that they'll have that same family feel like we did. That's great. Well, for me, I think it was a toss up between the venue tour and the Illuminations dessert party because Illuminations is going away and it was my last chance to see it. And so at least I got to see it from a fantastic location with, you know, I didn't have to camp out for two hours to get a good spot and there was plenty of sugar there. So that was a great opportunity. Yes, illuminations will definitely be missed. Now, were there any aspects of the showcase? You mentioned a few that you thought would have helped you, especially as an escape bride. Was there anything that you thought, wow, you know, I wish I had had this when I was planning? The cake tasting or trying the foods, we, with planning ours literally six months from first call until getting married, it was such a short time frame. We just, we took our faith and we trusted that everything that we chose would turn out perfect. And for us in our mindset, it was. But I know that some people are very hands-on. I do think that the cake tasting or being able to go and look at venues or going able to try the foods as an escape wedding would have been more helpful. If one thing had gone wrong, you know, that's what you think about. You don't think about everything else going right. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And because so many escape couples do take the option to add on a catered reception, even like you say, the food tasting would be valuable. Exactly. Yeah. Did you learn anything new that you weren't aware of before the showcase? I think like the different options for the musicians. I think I knew about like the violinist and the quartet, but having the the guitarist or there's other... the the DJ wasn't there, but the, the DJ was an option or even adding like the caricature artist was something that until after my wedding, until afterwards, when I was in social media groups, I didn't know you could add those things. So I think seeing those things at the showcase for future brides is a good bit of knowledge for them. Yeah, that's a great point. And especially getting to hear them play so you can see how talented they are and how they can take requests. Right, Exactly. Because there's only so much YouTube out there that you can find of certain people at weddings or at other events. And can you trust them based several years ago because so much has changed in that time frame? Right. Yeah. Now, was there anything you missed at the showcase or wished they had offered? I definitely think like the the options for different characters, I think that would have been a big help because people don't realize how expensive those are. Beyond that, I don't 
really think of anything. Can you think of anything they missed? <laughs> well, I noticed things that they had had before that I liked that they didn't, like the breakout sessions. I found the one, there was one on menu planning that was really helpful. And I think they did a floral and decor one once. So I kind of feel like that would have been good. Now, with the shortened time, maybe that would have stressed me out because it's like, am I going to have time to do the venue tour and go to the different breakout sessions? So I think that the thing I heard the most from other people who were there was missing the projection cake and the carriage, which it sounds like they couldn't do anything about because they'd promised it to a bride for her wedding. But yeah, I just feel like there's more information, general information they can give out via smaller breakout sessions that maybe they would consider in the future. Correct. Were you able to look at any of the other smaller ballrooms at the Yacht and Beach Club during at the Yacht Convention Center? Yeah, I poked my head in some just to take some pictures. Did they have some that were done up or? I just know that I'm not sure if they're all the same as the large ballroom that we were in. And I know that they offer those ballrooms for smaller escape weddings. I know that some of them are better equipped for those smaller groups. I just didn't know if they were offering them to brides. If they weren't, I feel that's something that they could have done but didn't do. Yeah, that's interesting. Since they, you know, it didn't seem like any other group had the convention center that day. You know, maybe they certainly spent a ton of time and money putting together the setups that were out all around Crescent Lake at the other venues. But yeah, maybe if they could have thrown open the doors to the Cape Cod halls or Asbury or something so that people could just stick their head in and see what it looks like, see what the decor looks like. That's a good point. Right. So the million dollar question, do you think it's worth making a special trip to Walt Disney World just to attend Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings Bridal Showcase? I think if you're a memories or an escape bride, I definitely feel it is worth it to head down because at this time they don't accommodate you with a, a on-site visit or a tasting. I feel it gives you better options to look, touch, feel, get that hands-on experience with the consultants or with the, the catering and the cake people. Um, also, to give you an option of looking at some locations that aren't readily available without that on-site visit. I feel like the, the Wishes brides get that option to come down and be catered to for a day to see different locations or would this fit their feel for their wedding. So I guess too many times for the Wishes brides wouldn't hurt, but definitely for the Escape and the Memories brides, it would definitely be beneficial. That's a great point. Yeah, I feel like if you are a wishes couple, if you're in the pre-contract stage, I think it's definitely worth a trip because a lot of times it can be frustrating. There's nothing you can do yet. Uh, you're just kind of agitated and worrying about whether you're going to get your date and time that you want. And I feel like this could really help allay some of those fears. You can talk to an actual planner. You can see some of the options and it'll give you things to start working on and thinking about while you're waiting to get to the contract stage. If you've already signed a contract and your wishes, that's tricky. Like, you're going to have a planning session. If you're already coming down for a planning session, maybe you can't afford to make a separate trip for the showcase. But I feel like it could be, if it, if it was in the cards, it could be helpful because, like I say, you can see floral and decor up close. It can give you good ideas of what you want for little things you didn't think about, like, do I want chargers? Do I want this kind of napkin or that kind of napkin? So for especially for floral and decor, I think it's a great idea. I don't know if it's worth making a whole trip just for that, but boy, if I had the money, I'd do it. <laughs> right, definitely. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I think you've offered a lot of great tips for people who are considering attending the next showcase whenever that is held, or just curious about how this last one went and if it's worth investigating in the future. So I appreciate your taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, disneyweddingpodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.